Okay, welcome everyone uh, to the European Parliament here, this uh, EPP group talk on urban mobility. How do we get from point A to point B easier, faster uh, for our daily lives, for our work? Uh, how do we help uh, improve this uh, movement of people, goods, and services across the EU27? That's what this cohesion fund is all about. And right now we're gonna talk with Andrei Novakov, MEP of Bulgaria, chair of the EPP a Cohesion Monitoring a Group. Uh, you're also uh, EPP Regional Development uh, Coordinator. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll go into more detail on that. Tomislav, welcome. Tomislav Sokol, uh, MEP from Croatia, also on the Regional Development uh, Committee. Uh, the commissioner, Elisa Ferreira, who was uh, at, the, uh, at the event, the other day, and, and you guys were there too. Uh, she's commissioner for cohesion and reforms, and she said that urban mobility, urban transport, is the lifeblood of a city. And uh, I think that really brought it home to see those different projects. We want to talk a bit about the, some of the projects uh, that are uh, under development or that have been built. And uh, I guess I'll let you kick that off first, uh, Andre, uh, because I want to mention that your grandfather you got a picture of that, built a railroad back in the 1920s. Well, not by himself, but... Well, yeah, I mean, okay, right. Yeah, he, yeah of course, <laughs> he, he worked uh, along with many other people, one yeah. of the first railways in Bulgaria exactly 99 years ago. So uh, always when it comes to uh, developing um, uh, transport infrastructure, is something which is quite close to my heart. And I do understand how it changed the environment and the whole ecosystem of villages and cities where the rail, uh, uh, railroad uh, or um, a high speed uh, highway is going. It's, it's not just creating jobs, it's making people, uh, people lives better. And I, you know, I keep, I, I keep picture of this. Uh, there he is. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's well, them. Which one is he there on the, on the picture? Uh, with, with the mustache, that's it. With the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, having uh, this pedigree, it's, uh, it's something which makes you more uh, passionate of having the, the get the job done. Yeah, and, 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 you've, and you've toured some of these projects, haven't you? We, we visited some of those projects and I'm yeah. happy that Commissioner Ferreira supported us with this event in order to raise the awareness and to, to be clear what is uh, actually uh, the union is doing for even a bicycle path in uh, Germany yeah. or electrification of small municipal trucks in Austria or building a huge bridge in Croatia or yeah. railway in Slovakia. So yeah. this is all uh, the scope of the EU funds. It's yeah. helping yeah. in many different ways. And, and, and it's it, the funds, it's huge. Uh, we're talking the, the Trans-European Transport Network, 10T, is a 25 billion euro uh, budget developing Europe-wide network of railway lines, roads, inland waterways, maritime shipping routes, ports, airports, railroad terminals, and it's part of the bigger picture of cohesion, that cohesion fund of 62 billion, if I get that right, um, that, exactly. that goes to all this. So it's it's a lot, and, and like you said, it's it's small projects, bike paths, and then it's mega projects like your bridge in Croatia. Tell us about that, Andre. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Tomislav. Yeah. Tomislav. Thank, thank Tomislav. you. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Yes, the purpose of cohesion policy is to make less developed parts of Europe catch up the, with the more developed ones. 
And one of the basic uh, things that we have to improve it is these less developed regions is the infrastructure. Yeah. And and uh, transport infrastructure like railways, motorways, etc., are crucial. Not to mention the fact that uh, we had the Iron Curtain uh, yeah. up until 30 years ago, which was also creating this divide in yeah. terms of transport, uh, transport, exactly. motorways, railways, so all of this tra 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 transport infrastructure, which was not uh, continued from uh, from one part to the other. And this is not, uh, this is where we are lagging behind. We have to really, really catch up. So the show, show us yes. this picture. We got some good and show it, and tell here. Okay. Look at that. It's a beautiful bridge yes, connecting Dubrovnik with yes with the rest of mainland, mainland Croatia. So yeah. so Dubrovnik I think uh, most of the viewers already heard of that it's a, it's an ancient it's a medieval uh, famous uh, city a big tour, yeah. a big important a, tourist a city massive tour, in, in tourist Croatia. magnet right yeah, yeah. but uh, it has been uh, divided by the territory of other countries uh, from the mainland Croatia for hundreds of years. Yeah. And the reason for that, there is an inter interesting historical uh, hmm. uh, story behind this. So, so during Middle Ages and, uh, and uh, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries also after that, uh, Dubrovnik was, uh, was an independent republic hmm. whose main competitor was Republic of Venice. Uh -huh. And since Dubrovnik was afraid that Ve that Venice will attack them, they gave this strip of land from their territory to the Ottoman Empire, so that the Ottoman Empire comes in between them and Venice, ah. and, and and so that that Venice cannot uh, directly attack Dubro Dubrovnik from the from the coast. And right. this is the reason why this small strip of land was given over to the Ottoman Empire. And after that, after Ottoman Empire was kicked out of uh, this part of Europe, it became part of Bosnia and Herzegovina yes. and remained that ever since. Right. And because of that, if you want now, if you want to want it to go from mainland Croatia to go and, through and other parts of yeah. European Union to Dubrovnik, you had to go uh, to pass the, uh, the border two times, external yeah. European border, external border of the European Union, yeah. two times. To, to, to leave Croatia and enter Bosnia, then to leave Bosnia and enter Croatia again if you wanted to get to Dubrovnik. Yeah. And this was an enormous problem, especially during summer. It slowed down traffic. It slowed down traffic. When you had, so, so, so you had all of these traffic jams because you had so mm. many tourists wanted to come to Dubrovnik, but they had to wait on the border for three, four or five hours. Yeah. On 40 on, 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 uh, during scorching heat with 40 degrees Celsius. And yeah. this was a big problem. Yeah. So, this, so this bridge, uh, which was co-financed, by 357 million euros from the European Union cohesion po uh, policy funds. Right. Uh, it is two and uh, 2.4 kilometers long. So it was built to bypass Bosnian territory so that we have uninterrupted land connection between Dubrovnik and the rest of the European Union. Mm -hmm. uh, let's continue with a few other projects while we still got time. Um, Andre, the beauty, a few more. Yeah. The, the beauty of cohesion policy, it's uh, exactly mixturing enormous projects like this one that Tomislav is talking about, which is changing the geography of the whole continent in the Union. Uh, I could not imagine what is the effect of daily life of, of the people who are living on the both sides of the bridge. But I can clearly imagine what is it to live in, let's say, in Vratza, a okay. city in Bulgaria where uh, public transport looks like this. It's a Soviet-era uh, yeah. electric buses which right. are so old and uh, uncomfortable uh, to, to be used. And because of the European Union, you could have this. Uh, yeah, much nicer. I don't have the numbers, but I am pretty sure that those who choose to, to use uh, the new buses instead of riding a 
a car mm. and driving a car and polluting the city and uh, congesting the streets, much less. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I'm, I'm happy that we can see that change all around Europe. Now, uh, you visited some of these different projects. Maybe stop me when I go down the list and tell me what one thing that jumps out at you. But I'm looking at all over Europe, uh, Austria, ele uh, electromobility and cycling, uh, Italy, um, a road to rail, Poland, Lublin buses again, uh, Portugal, uh, park and shuttle, uh, Germany, bike path, uh, electrification of municipal trucks, and on and on. Slovakia, railroad uh, between Bratislava and Zelina, um, the Croatian bridge, Romania, the electric public transport. On and on and on. These, all these projects are helping to knit together better the EU, this single market, right? You know, the, the job of the local authorities and the commission in that case was done. So now it's turning the politicians, you know, who are elected by those people to make it visible and explain. Right. Because if that was built by, um, let's say it was built in China or whatever, it would be so... Uh, commercialized and used for political purposes. And here, you know, Euroscepticism is rising and we are shy to say that without this, I'm sure that neither the bridge or the buses in Vratza will be a uh, reality. Yeah. And, you know... And this affects personal lives. And this is changing the yeah. quality of the life of so many people. Yeah. And, exactly. yeah, in some cases, it just make your life better and more comfortable, like you have with a bus. But when you change the geography of the continent, then, you know, you can avoid conflict. You, you, you're actually changing the history in, your, in the right way. Hmm. Can we look ahead? What's, what's the future? What, what are some other projects? Or what, what are your plans now? With Cohesion Monitoring Group uh, will do the following for the next year. We have several invitations to be in northern Greece and in Romania, in several cities just to visit and raise the awareness of what the union has been uh, achieved in those places, especially in the post-Soviet era. Mm -hmm. The contrast is amazing, unbelievable. So I hope that will help uh, all those who are still uh, not decided to participate or not in mm -hmm. European elections to know that there is no alternative. Yeah, it's nice as it comes before European elections in, uh, exactly. in 2024. 20, 24, right. May 2024. That's not too far off. Um, Thomas, let's see that. Hold up that other picture, which is a little bit closer up, yeah. and 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 let's talk a little bit about the fact that that we you needed this especially because of Schengen, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's precisely it. So since Croatia was in the process of entering Schengen, we had we had to fulfill very strict criteria. I'm sorry that Bulgaria and Romania are still not there, but. I, Mm. We, because of a only political decision, yeah, because they also fulfilled the criteria, but right. we, it's a matter we, of time. Yes, I think it's it's definitely a matter of time, and uh, we support we support them fully. But yes, yeah, so, so during during this whole process of entering Schengen, this was one of the one of the big big challenges, big problems that you have one part of European Union without a land connection with the other part with other parts of the European Union, mm. having to go through territory of Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, where there is a lot of political instability, unfortunately, and. Uh, and uh, and uh, the, I think this was the best way to remedy this, to build the, to build this uh, this bridge so that you can go from uh, that you can go without interruption from one part of the European Union to the other. Any, yep. Any but, other projects in, in Croatia that to, to mention? Uh, there, there, there are really many, many, yeah. many, many, many projects in Croatia. I would just like to mention that 80% of public investments in Croatia is funded funded from EU funds. 
So without EU funding, Croatia would, have, would, would be stagnating. And this is something that also needs to be mentioned because a lot of people take this for granted. I think this is, this is something normal, but without European Union, this would have never have taken place. So Croatia gets uh, uh, annually 1 billion euros more from EU budget than it pays into it. Mm. So this is like this, this, is, this is an added value from EU budget, which is, uh, which is invested into infrastructure. Like, uh, but not just transport infrastructure into hospitals, for instance, yeah. schools, uh, into different into 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 different things. Also, EU funding uh, from European Social Fund is invested in, into human capital, for instance. So it is used, for instance, to fund uh, specializations for medical doctors, mm -hmm. uh, for nurses, etc. Because we have a big deficit deficit uh, of healthcare professionals there. Right. So we really have a lot. Uh, also, equipping hospitals, for instance, uh, all of this. Is funded, funded, funded from EU, EU budget. Also, scientific, yeah. different scientific projects, uh, uh, equipping uh, our universities with high-tech equipment, so we can we can do very modern projects. So all yeah. of this, all all of this would not have been possible without European Union cohesion policy. And that's important to show to, especially to a country, uh, the the latest to join the EU, the payoff to that, and and what, what you will see on January first, joining Schengen, joining the Euro. Yeah. And benefiting from these uh, from these yeah. uh, from these policies and, and if, funding, right? Yeah, and if I may add, if you if you look at the countries who joined the EU, those who had more time, so who joined the European Union before Croatia, actually caught up more. So the differences between them and the most developed parts of the EU have become much much smaller than than before. So yeah. if you look at the former communist countries from the Central and Eastern Europe, who were like. Uh, on 50% of the of the EU average in terms of GDP per capita, now they are at 70%, 80%, mm. etc. So this right. cohesion policy in terms of reducing differences uh, between different parts of the EU is really working. So yeah. these differences are getting smaller, we are, we are converging, and less developed regions are becoming more similar to the most developed uh, ones. Andre, uh, final word before we wrap this up? I hope that with this podcast we contribute to uh, help people understand better what the union is doing for them and although uh, probably the communication part is not the best that the union can do uh, the facts are facts and uh, the projects are there serving every day for them great andre tomislav thank you very much thanks to uh, all of you watching as well uh, keep in mind uh, at epp group uh, if you want to transmit this further on the social networks and uh, more information on eppgroup.eu. I'm Chris Burns. Thanks very much. See you next time.